0: Brother Brian Friend from North Phoenix will be serving. He asked me to open with prayer, so let's bow our heads together, join our hearts in prayer. Lord, we've learned about it all week. You are so big and we are so small, but you still care about us in a very big way. You care about us personally. You care about about us collectively as a fellowship, as a body. For we are your bride, Lord, and we just pray that your bride can be pure and ready for your imminent return. And we ask you, Lord, to bless the brother. Let him get out of the way that your spirit may flow powerfully to all the youth in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Everybody Everybody comfortable? Okay. Everybody's comfortable. The problem is we're way too comfortable. Tonight, this is a sermon that almost didn't happen. few weeks ago I got the schedule that said I was to have this particular service shortly thereafter a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me and the buffeting finally ended Tuesday when he had fired his last shot when he had sent his last fiery dart, when all was spent, I still stood. For our text this evening, would you turn with me to Second Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. I'd like to conclude for now with the reading. On Tuesday, when the last shot had been sent my way, The Lord came to me after a doubt had risen in my heart. And that doubt was that I can't possibly preach on Thursday. And I entertained for a fleeting moment, advising those advisors who needed to know that I could not have this service. You see, the one who accuses the brethren had accused me of some horrible things. And the Lord came to me and assured me with his peace that the truth was the truth. And even though the accuser had been present, he gave me peace. Because the accuser is false. And so in that peace then, I relied upon the Lord to provide the inspiration for this evening. And my inspiration this evening is one of, quite frankly, great concern. This evening we read in this particular word, that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And yet I have to confess to you tonight that I have seen an awful lot of fear in the believers here at camp. And that's a great concern to me. Because if you and I are possessors of fear, then we are not possessors of power we are not possessors of love, and we are not possessors of a sound mind. And I want to rat out this evening the evil spirits that I perceive have invaded this camp and have placed in our hearts, unfortunately, a spirit of fear. The Lord is calling us tonight to no fear. The Lord is, I pray, going to bring to light... Those things to which we fear. You may be sitting there and wondering, what in the world could I be fearing? What in the world are the believers fearing? Well, believe me, I've heard enough. I've heard enough to know. And we need to expose that tonight. We need to expose it to the light of the truth of this word. And we need to, if necessary, Destroy it. General Schwarzkopf, in 1990, faced with the war in the Persian Gulf, was questioned by the media about his plan. He says, my plan is very simple. My plan is to find the enemy, and my plan involves killing the enemy and destroying things. That's war. And if you don't think you're in a war tonight, then I've got news for you. My concern is tonight that the believers have not recognized the fact that you are in a war and that that war needs to be fought with all the power and with all the strength of mighty men in Christ. In the next chapter we read, Thou therefore my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I want to make sure that no one leaves this room tonight without knowing that you are in a war. And I want to make sure that you are equipped to be a hardened Soldier, you know, I would like to begin this evening by bringing up uh, Goliath, who quite frankly, I admire, to some degree, I admire the fact that he was a fearless man, I admire the fact that he was willing to become the champion for the Philistines. I admire that fact because as a champion, a champion has certain characteristics. And perhaps before we identify those characteristics, we need to know what a champion is for. A champion is someone who fights a battle for someone else who can't fight or won't fight. A champion is that person who finds the courage and the wherewithal to step forward and say, I'll do it. I'll go to the point of contact, I'll go to the point of fight, I'll go to the point of conflict, and I will fight for you. That's a champion. A champion fights for those who either cannot fight for themselves or will not fight for themselves. And I would like to suggest to you tonight that every believer in this room needs to be a champion. You are called to be a champion. You need to be fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. And we've got plenty of those here at camp. Your unbelieving friends sitting next to you, they can't fight. They are not equipped. You need to be their champion. You need to step forward and light the torch of truth and go to the fray for them and show them how to fight. You know, Satan has three objectives and only three. They are to steal to kill, and to destroy. That's according to the word of God. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. And if you don't think that he's applying one or all of those principles to you, then you are sadly mistaken. And tonight we hope to expose the tools and the mechanisms that he is using to Try to accomplish those very goals. Why in the world are those his goals? It's very simple. When he, before he was thrown out of heaven, arose up to challenge God and his power, he rose up in arrogance to become as God. He sought the same power, he sought the same glory, and he wanted to be as God. God has created you and I and the rest of this creation and therefore because he is jealous of that, Satan is jealous of his of God's creation, and he is jealous therefore that you have been created in his image. He will seek to destroy, to rise up and to kill, and to steal all that is God's. And you are God's. You are God's. And you are the target. Our faith is the target. The church is the target. The leadership is the target. Your friendship with your neighbor is the target. The love you have for each other is a target. I believe there are two things that rise above all that Satan hates. Love and truth. And he will take those two items, love and truth, And in an effort to kill and to destroy and to steal, he will attack those very things in an effort to accomplish his goal. I think of some other champions in the world, in the word that have that come to mind tonight that I like to recognize. It's true that that Goliath was a champion. It's true that he was fearless. It's also true that he was incredibly stupid, dumb as a rock, arrogant as, as a man could ever be found. He was fearless, and he was a champion, and he was on the wrong side. But I give him credit for both of those things anyway. But I can think of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, who were champions of the faith, because they chose not to compromise. There came a time where they were asked as captives taken away from their land into what, is, what was Persia at the time. And they were asked, and Babylon, and they were asked to bow down and serve idols that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And their response was that we will not bow and serve your idols nor worship them. And Nebuchadnezzar came to them and he said, You know, if you don't bow down, you'll be cast into this furnace. And they said, as near as I can quote, they said, You know, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful about answering this thing. In other words, they are careful. They are extending some concern here. But nonetheless, they're going to uphold their faith. They're going to stand for what counts. They're going to be champions for God. And so they said to him, you know, you may throw us into the furnace and or God may save us from that. But the whether you throw us in or whether God saves us, we're not going to bow down to your idols. And they were thrown in. It's interesting to note, however, what God's response was. God didn't save them from the furnace. He joined them there. He joined them there. He honored the fact that they were faithful men. He honored the fact that they weren't going to give in to the world. That they weren't going to just roll over. And God was with them in the fire. I think of a champion who was not human. There is several in the Bible. But the one that comes to mind that is real dear to my heart is a Example, and or a story that happened in Daniel's line. We find that Daniel had, had been in a vision and had received the vision of the end of the world. Now this was very disconcerting to Daniel. For one thing, he wasn't sure what he saw. He saw a vision, but he really didn't have the interpretation of the vision. And he saw some horrible, horrible things that were going to take place at the end of the world. And so, he got on his knee, actually got on his face on the ground, and began to pray. And pray. For 21 days. You see, God had sent an angel to Daniel. This is going to illustrate what kind of war we're fighting here. God had sent an angel to Daniel to reveal to him the interpretation of what he saw in the vision and to comfort him because he saw some horrible things. And on the way, the kings of the prince of Persia, in other words, Satan and his buddies, were sent to intercept the angel. The angel was fighting with these kings of Persia for 21 days. All the while, Daniel is praying, begging God for assistance and revelation. And finally, the angel makes it to Daniel. He says, Daniel, I want you to know that from the very first day that your prayer ascended up, the day of the revelation, of the vision of the revelation, your prayer was heard in heaven and God sent me to assist you. But I have been hindered for 21 days on the way to you by Satan and his forts. Nevertheless, because I was delayed, God sent the archangel Michael to intercede. And Michael made sure the angel was successful in reaching Daniel. Let's fast forward to today. And I'm wondering whether we're going to find any champions. I'm wondering whether we're going to find strong men, strong women of faith. I am concerned, duly concerned, that fear has replaced power, that fear has replaced love, And that fear has replaced a sound mind. Because what I have heard and seen has been anything other than some of those. What I have seen is discussions revolving around fear of. And then it goes into all kinds of other stuff. I would like to Bring to your mind, before I go into what I have seen specifically, to discuss for a moment an experience that Jesus had in Mark chapter 5. If you want to turn there real quick, I want to read a few verses. Mark chapter 5. Mm-hmm. Mark 5, let's begin, with, uh, let's begin with just setting the tone for a second. Jesus finds himself encountering a man possessed. Beginning with verse 6. And when he saw Jesus, in other words, the man possessed, afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. I have a great concern that Legion is here. I have a concern that Legion and his evil spirits are here. And those spirits have taken on some horrible forms. They are manifesting themselves in the fear that I have heard and seen. I have seen things like this and conversations like so. I fear that... Our youth are not going to stay in our fellowship. I fear that they're going to be looking for other denominations. I fear that they don't have respect for our leadership. I fear that they're not happy here. Legion, are many, and what he has sown, and this what the spirits have brought, are spirits such as doubt, doubt that God can keep our fellowship strong and vibrant. He has placed that fear in the hearts and lives of believers here at camp. I see it. He has brought to this place a legion of evil spirits. And some of them are the spirits of division and deception and dissension. And he has brought those into this camp. He has brought them to bring fear into the lives of the believers. He has brought them in to provide division and opportunity for dissension and distrust. He has brought them here, the the spirits, these evil spirits, to bring about A separation amongst believers. And that's why you hear. And you hear the sounds
0: of fear. He has brought the spirit of self-righteousness.
1: He has brought the spirit of selfishness. He has brought a spirit whereby each and every, not each and every one, but Different parties have been affected in such a way where one party says, well, I am right on such and so subject, and the other says, I am right also, and out of a sense of self-righteousness a division occurs, and love is lost, and power is muted, and a sane mind is troubled. He has brought these spirits into this place. And it is our responsibility to point out the enemy. It is our responsibility to flush him out. And it is our responsibility to destroy. We are at war. Let's make no mistake about it. We are at war. And it is our responsibility as soldiers of the cross to put on the armor of God that we read about and studied about today and to take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and to destroy.
0: Destroy.
1: I'm looking tonight for brothers and sisters in Christ who are ready and willing to put on the armor of God and storm the gates of hell. We need to make sure that the end of this hour and of tonight and of tomorrow, that the gates of hell have been run over, utterly destroyed, by the faithful men that God has called us to be. We need to expose the evil for what it is, and we need to rat it out. And we need to be quick like men, and step to the forefront, and become the champions. And you know, i got news for you. There's another champion we need to talk about first. Because... Some of us have been wounded in this fight. Some of us are downcast and troubled. Some of us are full of fear. There is a champion named Jesus Christ, and he is my champion. And you know, Tuesday, when the last, when the last salvo had been hurled my way, and I knew finally that, the, that that battle was over, it was the champion Jesus who came to me and said, You have the truth. You have the way and you have the assurance of my Holy Spirit as comforter and strength in this time of need. And He has become my champion. Tonight, tonight, we need to expose the evil one. And I want to use an example to set the stage. Some years ago, a brother who was living in Mansfield, no longer does, recognized that across the street from my particular office building was a place of ill repute, masquerading as a massage parlor. And he walked up to that door and he opened the door. And this is what he said in the name of Jesus Christ I condemn this place. And he closed the door. The next day the police closed it down. Tonight tonight we're going to use that example. We have exposed legions we have exposed the spirits. And we're going to cast them out. In the name of Jesus Christ, I condemn the spirit of divisiveness. In the name of Jesus Christ, I condemn the spirit of self-righteousness. In the name of Of Jesus Christ, I condemn the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus Christ, I condemn division and derision and the spirits of the same. In the name of Jesus Christ, we're going to ask the Lord Jesus to bind those spirits and to ban them from our hearts. The word says that perfect love casteth out fear. The word says that we read tonight For God hath given us the spirit, hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we are asking now not only that those spirits be banned from our hearts, but to keep us vigilant that they do not return that those spirits will not gain entrance into our hearts again. And lo, that we as men now free from fear are truly filled with the power of love and of a sound mind. And that the love that we have for one another can and will be restored. And that the divisions that those spirits have caused will be banned from this place and from our hearts. I believe. I believe. Do you believe? Are you willing? Are you willing to be stand up and be counted as a soldier for this cross? Or is the cross that you've been carrying or you thought you were carrying something else? Something like a grudge towards your brother or your sister? You thought you were carrying the cross. It was getting real heavy. What it really was was something that is unforgiven of another. Some grudge that you've been harboring in your heart. And you thought all along the cross was getting heavy. Have you been harboring sin in your heart? Have you been harboring something that needed to be exposed to the light? Brothers and sisters, this is not a particularly evangelistic type of service tonight. I understand that. But I'm here to say that unless the soldiers are willing to fight, this war is over. I'm here to say that if you can't get engaged in this battle, there's not going to be any souls won here this week. And this week is quickly coming to an end. I'm here to say that you've got to put aside the fear that is in your heart as we have exposed it tonight. You need to ban that from your life. And you need to get engaged. You know, when the When General Schwarzkopf marched his army across the Gulf, do you know that there weren't particularly too many shots fired after the bombing had all stopped? Do you know why? The army, in such tremendous fear, just flat out gave up. They came out of their bunkers as the tanks and the helicopters came over the hill, and they just in mass surrendered. Just gave up. I'm here to call you to battle. I'm here to call you to stand up and put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm here to say, pick up the, the, the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God. I'm here to say, to, to take up the shield. And if necessary, receive those fiery darts into the shield. Let me spend a moment on the shield. Because it's very important, not only to you, but to your fellow believer. In this day, when this word was written, a shield was not made for deflection, that might surprise you. The, the, the shield was made for absorption. The shields were made of wood. They were taken to a river before the battle was to begin. They were soaked in the river. They were then taken to the battle front, where they were placed in front of, obviously, the troops. And as those fiery darts were shot, and they were literally arrows that were set on fire, they were received into the wet and in wood To cause utterly no harm. They were not for deflection. Deflection only meant that the warrior standing next to you is in harm's way. I'm here to ask you, brothers and sisters, to take up your shield. I'm here to ask you to be willing to accept the fiery darts. I'm here to ask you on your brother's behalf, the soldier that is standing next to you, I'm asking you to accept the offense that comes. I'm asking you to accept the fact that there may be offenses fired your way. Can you absorb them? Can you take them in, or will you deflect them into somebody else? I'm here to ask you to stand up and be the soldier that Christ has called you to be. And then and only then, if we are able by God's grace to rat out the evil spirits that have infected us and this place, then and only then can we victoriously march forward and bring souls to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. No, this service hasn't been specifically for them, but if we don't fight, they die. Do you get it? Get engaged in the fight. Put that other stuff away. Don't let those spirits envelop your heart. Because if you do, the spirit of fear will cause you to surrender. In the name of Jesus Christ, we together condemn these spirits. We together condemn the spirit of division. We together condemn, utterly condemn the spirit of fear. Quit you. Like men, be strong. Invite a group to sing the song the song speaks about the challenges that we face as believers and the song speaks about rising above those
0: challenges i believe
2: when i said that i would show us what who my Savior is. And the truth of this conviction makes me shout to the sky. Yes,
0: I believe,
2: I believe, with all that is in me. Yes, I believe, though the world rises up against
0: What do soldiers do when they're ready to storm the gates? What do they do when they're ready to storm the gates? I'm asking you to get ready to storm the gates. Oh, wait. That's two of us. so immense and we are so small and we thank you Lord we honor you and we praise you for letting the gloves come off and letting us see ourselves for what we are but Lord we've been shown the pathway we've been shown the truth and if people want a Christianity of fluff, they will find a Christianity of fear, a weakness. Lord, we want a word of truth and power. We want Christians to put on the armor, to pull out the sword, and to be ready. Lord, make us ready. Help us storm the gates today, tonight, tomorrow, The next day and the next day. And Lord, when we feel weak and we're crumbling and we're weary, we forget some of the armor, we leave behind the sword. Lord, let us pick one another up and remind one another what we learned here today. This week, as we saw the week start off in fear. And each day that has gone by, we've seen it be diminished and vanquished. And this evening, it was sent packing. And I thank you, Lord, for being true for promising us to arrive here if we would ask you to be here. We praise you. We're humbled. And we ask you to be our strength as we storm the gates of hell. Help us not to be fearful, but to be loving, truthful, and because of you, to be strong.